Murder. Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up, y'all? Hey. Hey, we're back and we can swear. Guys, this fucker found a soundboard. Oh, it's amazing. It's not. I literally just ripped my fucking headphones off and tried to not chuck them at his head. Babe, they're so amazing, but they are loud, so I'm not going to play them because you guys will hate me forever. We don't have our sign on. We got to turn that on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah, that was loud, but the price is wrong, bitch. Oh, my God, bitch. I still want to fucking punch you. <laughs> like, I, I do. Mm. That hurt my, my ear hole. <laughs> it was amazing. Dick. Oh, God, I'm mm. going to play it some more later. I, babe. All right, well, you have to deal with the consequences, then. What I'm do you mean saying, by that? Deal with the consequences. What, am I going to get, like, punched or my throat slit? I mean, maybe. I feel like that's a wide range, mm. but, you know, whatever. Oh, so how you doing, baby? Um, you had to work today. Yeah. It's Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I missed you. I didn't. I missed you, You boo. played with your fucking soundboard all day. I did. I really did. Yeah. I had fun. Yeah, I'm sure you did. That and Madden. And, oh, dude, I kicked Jax's ass so bad today. Why? Oh, he fucking turned off the game. <laughs> In the fourth quarter, he's like, Dad, I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, that's right. You just got schooled by Papa. God, you're such a dick. I am. Wow. I am. I'm competitive. I'm not going to just let him fucking win. But if you, I told you this before, if you let him win, like he'll stop fucking whining about that, playing with That's you. not true because I've already <laughs> let him win and he still wants to fucking play. So. All right, whatever. I, fuck it. Okay. It's on, game on. You two do whatever the fuck you game want. Game fucking on, motherfucker. Whatever. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, um. Everybody's sick. Yeah, everyone's sick. I only <clears throat> I, I got it for two days and I'm feeling better. So I'm Jackson's glad. Sick. Yeah, he he's got it pretty bad. His nose is yeah. runny. You're... I spiked a fever at work. Yeah. I am COVID negative though. Oh, you did test. Yeah, they made me. Yeah. <laughs> they I really wasn't given an option. Well, I was kind of so. thinking like I I was hoping we weren't because I mean we haven't the, been around anybody recently with it. No, so no, but just the symptoms. I yeah. was kind of thinking like, oh shit, I wonder the, if we do. Well, yeah, because the fever was the first thing. The person at work today was like, yeah. You know, that's the first symptom. And I was like, well, I'm not worried about it. And he's like, well, I want to sit in here, so I'm worried about it. And I'm yeah. like, fine. He's like, I'm going to go get a Q-tip. <laughs> fine. So I'm uh, COVID negative. Well, that's good. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully it doesn't last too long. Yeah, no shit. You know, like I said, it lasted about two days for me. It was a sucky two days, but I'm, yeah. I, I, I do. I feel a lot better. Good. So. Well, I already said the first person that wakes me up tomorrow morning is getting punched in the face. No, we're going to let Mama sleep. No, they won't. No, we won't. No. Mm-mm. Not even a little bit. Was it your foot? Yeah. You're kicking me now. Jesus playing fuck. footsie. Why are you on my side of the table? I'm sorry. I'm fucking six foot two. What Jesus. are you? Jeez. Yeah. And I'm not, which means your foot should not be over on my side. Oh, my God. Anything else, queen of the world? Oh, oh. <laughs> Are you kidding me, princess? 
babe, just let me drink my monster in I'm, peace. Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> I had a hard day of Madden. I won the Super Bowl, okay? <laughs> Just, just gonna sit here. Why are you married to me? I don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna, Why did you marry me? I'm gonna sit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. All right. So we got some business. Why don't you explain what's going on with Patreon? Okay. So because we have people, all of you are fabulous. Let me just start by saying that we do have some people that want to stay at the tier price that they are at as opposed to going to the lower price so i'm having a bit of a time trying to figure out how to split them so give me another couple days and i will get it taken care of and if it doesn't transfer over for january i'll make sure you guys get reimbursed for february the difference between the two cool because i don't i'm trying i'm just computer stupid so no I, i'm right there with it's you just, it's, so. it's i don't know how to do it. i've tried to do it a couple different ways and it kind of screws everything up um so give me a couple days i'll reimburse whatever happens between now and february so do we have any new patreons we do. Ooh. we have lisa lisa thank linda, you linda linda thank you kimberly kimberly thank you Every time you hear Linda, I think of that little boy. Linda, listen. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I want a fucking cupcake. I get it. Uh, yeah, me uh-huh. too. So. Well, welcome to the Patreon family, people. Linda got this as a Christmas gift. Oh, that's cool. From her son. Awesome. Who has the same name as my brother. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> so. Very cool. Um, I've been a little bit better about answering i feel like Mm -hmm. i'm not as bad yeah so one of the girls from 911 came over today she's like do you guys have any trash to take out and i was like just take me the whole (laughs) fucking thing just take me she's like jimmy i can't i can't with you raise your hand oh i was getting her all riled up because it's fucking hilarious (laughs) oh yeah it's great that's when i saw the one guy that said hi to you yeah he's so nice he is yeah he is good dude so, Good dude. Yep. Well, we have you keep kicking me. I, I'm on my side. This has never happened before. I know, and I'm on my side. Jesus. So that was your fuck. fault. My chair's not even pushed in all the way. That was your fault. Oh my god. <laughs> we have a good one. Um, Dude, this is. It's about a pro wrestler, mm-hmm. but it, it like there's so much more to it. He's, so he's fucking nuts. Yeah. So. If you're not into pro wrestling, like, don't just, uh, okay, whatever. Like, this. Oh, no, listen. This backstory to this dude is fucking nuts. Yeah. There is, I, I recommend, there's um, a special on Peacock called yeah. Dangerous Breeds, and it's with Teddy Hart. It, it'll blow your mind. This guy is just so out there just a liar oh my god like just a narcissist like liar to the point he says one story and somebody pulls out a video of him saying something completely different and he's basically like no that wasn't me yes it it's 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 insane it's fucking mind-blowing but like just the story to this is crazy because 
like I, I don't even know how it got picked up. Like I do she, actually. I will tell you how. Okay, perfect. Yeah, perfect. I do I do know how. So just bear bear with us. You know, like I said, it is about a pro wrestler, but it is fucking crazy. But believe I didn't put a ton of wrestling stuff in here. I mean, yes, okay. you have to touch on the wrestling just because yeah. of the family that he comes from. Right. And you have to touch on the fact that he was literally kicked out of every American right. brand of wrestling. Right. So I don't put a shit ton of matches in here. There's a couple in here that stuck out because they had to stick out and yeah. they were noted in his life, basically. Yeah. But I didn't, it's not like I'm talking about matches the whole time. Okay, like with cool. Chris Benoit, that was a yeah. big thing with him was the matches. Yeah. With this guy, n- no. No, it's Mm-mm. his Mm-mm. outside life that is fucking wild. I, I don't even. So, Ooh. yeah, we are doing the story of Teddy Hart. Yes, from the Hart family, if you know wrestling. Right. Yeah. So. So I just, I'd say jump right into it. You're going to be excited because you think you found some shit out watching that documentary. Yeah. Holy fuck. Oh, I believe you found some Mm -hmm. some more shit. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear what you got. So, yeah, I I just jump into it. All right, you ready? Yeah. In professional wrestling, wrestling dynasties are legendary. The Hart family is one of those dynasties. They've done it all, from world championships to headlining WrestleMania, to producing some of the greatest second and third generation talent ever seen. They're definitely more known for their wrestling abilities than speaking in charisma, because they can't talk. Um, The last heir to the royal wrestling family is no exception. The train wreck... Perfect for tabloids TV, tabloidy TV, excuse me, would use catchphrases like, quote, you better kick your girlfriend out of bed because she's thinking about Ted. Yeah. Nice. Right. I'm going to make that a bumper sticker. (laughs) Called, quote, the greatest wrestler who never made it by his Uncle Brett, Teddy Hart had a reputation of being a narcissistic, loose cannon who was difficult and unmanageable. In the hopes of staging a huge comeback geared towards redemption, he allowed a filmmaker into his crazy fucking life and house covered in pot shit. <laughs> shiny cats, or shiny pants, shiny. and a hundred Persian cats. Uh, and his uncle Brett is right. Like, he is it's amazing. A, he's an, a phenomenal yeah. wrestler. If you watch the YouTube Un- videos. fucking yeah. real. He, how good he is. He very much had a style like... Owen Hart, his uncle, yes. very acrobatic. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's just a fucking dude. He's a fucking <clears throat> goof. Yeah. So, I, I'll i say that again. Shiny pants and a hundred Persian cats. And I'm not exaggerating. Oh, if, if you watch the documentary, yeah. his clothes, dude, if we ever win the lottery, you're going to fucking know because yeah. I'm wearing that yeah. shit. Uh, little did the filmmaker know he'd be filming what was later deemed unlawful confinement, himself saying that he could no longer film this man and his bullshit, but felt obligated to, quote, because someone was going to die or the last known footage of a mother of three before she disappeared. Mm. Not knowing where the gimmick of Teddy ends and Edward begins, this is the story of Teddy Hart. Dun, dun, dun. I was dun, very proud dun, of that. Dun. Yeah, that was, that's a good intro. I was proud of that. Good job, babe. Uh, all right, you ready? Yep. Edward Ellsworth Annis, which people call him Anus because, mm. I mean, 
You have to. <laughs> you have to. Uh, Edward Ellsworth Annis was born February 2nd, 1980 in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. His parents were Georgia Hart and wrestler BJ Annis, which is why they say Annis because his name is BJ. <laughs> oh my God, that's terrible. Never realized that, did you? BJ Anus? Yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, I'm he, sorry. He had two older sisters and one younger brother. He was the oldest male grandchild of Stu and Helen Hart. He was also nephew to the most notable ones that you would know, Owen and Brett Hart. Because of his Canadian-born mother and American-born father, he had dual citizenship between the U.S. and Canada. Stu Hart was the patriarch of the Hart family. If you know wrestling, you know Stu Hart. So he started wrestling for show in 1943 while in the Royal Canadian Navy during World War II. The war actually prevented him from going to the Olympics, which he was picked to go to. Oh, really? Uh, After the war, he wrestled in New York, where he met and married Helen Smith. Considered handsome and a great in-ring performer, using submission-like and technical-style wrestling, he was not given a major spotlight, which kind of sucks. Yeah, it does. So he was like, yeah, fuck this. Him and Helen went north to Edmonton, Canada, and started a promotion of their own. They called it Stampede Wrestling and took over Western Canada and Montana, which became known as Stampede Territory. Yeah. In 1949, they moved to Great Falls, Montana. He featured a variety of outside stars as well as homegrown talent. In the 1950s, um, he started training a large number of people and soon gained a reputation as one of the best teachers in the business. Flip. Flip the page. In October of 1951... Stu and Helen moved to Calgary into what became the infamous Hart House. Him and Helen went on to have 12 children. Oh, my God. Close your legs. <laughs> Close your legs. 12 children. Mm, fuck. 12. And that. So all the boys wrestled and all the girls married wrestlers. That's just <laughs> how it fucking happened. So most of the training was done in the Hart House basement. That became known as the The dungeon. dungeon. Training technique called stretching consisted of painful submission holds he would hold for a substantial amount of time to improve pain endurance and prepare them for the life of professional wrestling. Some described it as torture and called Stu a sadist. (laughs) Um, Well then. Yeah. Uh, The majority (laughs) regarded Hart as one of the most influential and important figures in professional wrestling history and an icon to the art form. His greatest contribution to the art was him as a promoter and a trainer. Along with sons Brett and Owen, Stu's trainees included future world champion superstar Billy Graham, Chris Jericho, Edge, Christian, Mark Henry, and Chris Benoit. Mm. Stu passed in October of 2003 at the age of 88, and he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2010 by son Brett. So, there's a reason I went there. Because this kid is such a fucking travesty to his family. Yeah. Like... He really is. Just a complete fucking travesty. He really so, is, yeah. Uh, all right, so BJ Annis started bodybuilding at mm-hmm. 15 and earned a degree in marine engineering at Kings Point Military Academy and was a pilot in Vietnam. Oh, wow. Yeah. After returning home from Vietnam, he wanted to continue his wrestling career, so he moved to Calgary. In 1972, he opened BJ's Gym. It was 12,500 square feet with cardio equipment, weights, and a juice bar. 
So many wrestlers from Stampede Wrestling actually trained at that gym. Yeah. Um, one of them being the Dynamite Kid, the other one being the British Bulldog, who was part of the Hart family. Yeah. So um, later, after a 2002 traumatic stroke, Bret Hart would train there once a week. That's something you didn't know. No, I didn't. So he was in a motorcycle accident. Bret Hart. Bret Hart was in a motorcycle accident in 2002 and suffered a traumatic stroke. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's because I was like, he had a stroke. What? <laughs> You're like, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. So it was around this time that BJ met Georgia Hart. The couple secretly married in 1975, not telling the Hart family for months. This was a huge point of contention uh, after finding out, but eventually everybody kind of got over it. Yeah. Now, BJ was also a fireman. Was he really? And in the late 1970s, he convinced his brother-in-law, Keith Hart, to test and join the fire department with them. So they were both on Calgary Fire Department. Wow. He was also the only one of Stu's son-in-laws that was not stretched by Stu in the dungeon. Interesting. Which is funny because he hated him at first. Because really? they, they secretly got married. Him and Georgia didn't tell him yeah. that they got married. Yeah. yeah. What, why was that? Why did they just do it? They don't. I don't know. They didn't really say. Interesting. Yeah. Or why they were so pissed. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. So, BJ and Georgia had four kids. Edward, Annie, Angela, and Matthew. BJ would say, quote, both of my sons were wrestlers from the days of cognition. It was an integral part of their lives. I like BJ. I felt kind of bad for him. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Ted and his siblings were raised in the back of the downtown Cal- Calgary gym. So they loved going to their grandparents' house because they had a huge fucking lot. Right. They also had a wrestling ring in the backyard. God, how fun (laughs) would that be? So um, the siblings and their cousins formed KWA, which was Kids Wrestling Association. Yeah. uh, And competed for a cardboard belt. Yeah. Uh, Same thing I did. (laughs) BJ would say of Teddy, quote, he was a genetically engineered third generation wrestler who was the heir apparent to the, the Hart Foundation. BJ described Teddy as an incredible athlete, earning awards in hockey, boxing, wrestling, and badminton. Wow. Badminton. Um, He would take gymnastics and trampoline classes to kind of build up his agility and his balance. Yeah. Oh, BJ. He described uh, Teddy, we'll call him Teddy now instead of Edward, um, as intelligent, even once scoring 160 on an IQ test. Is that pretty good? That's it. Didn't happen. Oh, one sixteen and above is average. One thirty or higher is considered a high IQ. And members of Mensa, which is you know the the smart people group, yeah, two um, percent of the high scores were one hundred and thirty two and above. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stop. Sixty, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take the one off. So, um. Teddy was hyperactive and rambunctious. Um, BJ would say, quote, he was a bit of a wild child and you couldn't really tell him anything. The only person Teddy would listen to was his younger brother, Matthew. They were like two years apart-ish. Okay. Uh, The two dreamed of forming the next Heart Foundation together. Teddy made his wrestling debut in 1995 in Rockyford. (laughs) It's actually Rockyford. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, With a Y. Alberta. He wrestled with his brother, Matthew, who was 11 at the time. Against cousins Henry Smith, who is the son of Davy Boy Smith, yeah. who is the British Bulldog. Yeah. 
uh, and TJ Wilson, who is now Tyson Kidd. Yeah. And married to Natalia. Natalia. Who's part of the Hart family. Yeah. Um, they wrestled under the Stampede name and were doing great. And then Matthew got sick. The beginning of July 1996. You're really turning those pages Sorry. loud. Sorry. Man. Oh, man. That, that was, was for you. Ooh. Uh, Matthew started complaining of a sore throat and then soreness in his groin after playing in the ring at his grandparents' house. After he developed a high fever and started complaining of nausea and sharp pains, he was taken to Calgary Children's Hospital. His symptoms were being caused by Group A Streptococcus bacteria, which is a more dangerous and harmful but very similar strain of bacteria that causes strep throat. According to the infectious disease doctor at Alberta's hospital, it's a very common bacteria that is seen in a lot of people who exhibit symptoms as common as a sore throat. Wow. Okay. For some reason, it literally ate Matthew from the inside out. That's nuts. It was caught quickly, but it spread quicker. Um, doctors were hoping to stunt the spread uh, by planning multiple amputations. He was actually scheduled to have both legs and his right hand amputated. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, However, it progressed very quickly to necrotizing fasciitis and toxic shock. So necrotizing fasciitis is the flesh-eating disease. Okay. So it it literally ate him from the inside. Oh, my God. They would inevitably pull off 32 pounds of fluid from his little body. Yeah. And eventually the pain was too much and Matthew was medically sedated. The doctor treating Matthew believes he contracted the bacteria from a simple break in the skin. He How said, fucking quote, scary yeah, is that? We've seen this type of infection occur before, but Matthew's is the most serious case I've seen. This is certainly the first fatality I've seen in my 11 years of practice. On July 16th of 1996, 12 days after entering the hospital, 13-year-old Matthew Annis died. Isn't that heartbreaking? That's terrible. I know. Oh, God, I got goosebumps. Yeah, I got goosebumps, too. Um, Dude, Teddy went through it, man. He, he really did. Yeah. So, in 1996, the WWF came through Calgary. So, Teddy and his cousin Harry wrestled a tag team match against two relatives with TJ Wilson in what they call a dark match. Yeah. A dark match is a match before the televised match. Right. It's so. just non-televised. Right. It's just for the crowd. Now It's called pretty much like a tryout yeah. match. Uh, so Harry was 11 and Teddy was 16. Uncles Owen Hart and Davy Boy Smith were backstage watching along with 6,000 fans at Saddledome Stadium. This was considered a bittersweet tribute match to Matthew. Uh, Teddy would tell the Calgary Herald, quote, I know he'd be really happy to see all these people turn out. And I like to think that he's got his cat, Coffee, in his lap. Cats were huge in the whole family. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Yeah, very weird. Yeah. Uh, 20 years later, Teddy would say, quote, you don't get a bigger high than that. It's why I love Vince McMahon. He made a bunch of my dreams come true. And then the hits started coming, pretty much. So, uh, uh, oh shit, I didn't draw the arrow low enough. Whoops. Uh, so Brian Pillman was a... Very, very infamous, essentially, wrestler who was a very close friend of the Hart family. Uh, He was the only person not related to the Hart family through blood or marriage that was a member of the Hart Foundation. He described Brett and Owen as brothers, saying that he would do anything for them, and he was like an uncle to Teddy. 
He died on October 5th, 1997 in a hotel room in Minnesota of a heart attack the morning of a pay-per-view show. Yep, I remember that. Because everybody thought it was an overdose. Yep. Yeah, from the pain from the accident he was in, right? Yeah. From being in the field. Yep. So, um, <clears throat> shortly after that... Um, in 1998, Teddy was signed to a developmental contract with WWE and was sent to train with Dory Funk Jr. However, that same year, Teddy's best friend, a star high school athlete, committed a highly publicized suicide. Jesus. Which I could find nothing about. I couldn't find anything about it. So it's not highly publicized. It probably was there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Months later, on May 23rd, 1999... Owen Hart fell to his death at Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri. The equipment being used to lower him from the rafters to the ring malfunctioned, sending him 78 feet onto the top rope, chest first. Yeah. The impact severed his aorta, and despite them trying life saving measures for almost an hour, he actually bled to death within minutes. He was probably dead before they pulled him out of the ring. Oh, yeah. So. In 2001, Uncle Davy Boy Smith died of a heart attack at 39. They Jeez. blamed it on years of steroid use. Yep. Oh, he was a big time was he? juicer. Yeah. So BJ would later say, quote, he lost so many people, I'm surprised he hasn't hung himself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he's been through it. That's so, that's a lot. That's a lot. Well, a lot. Um, so in 2002, after being the youngest person to be signed by the WWE... He became the youngest person to be fired by the WWE. Uh, WWE said he was, quote, uncoachable and a liability. He was always sleeping in, always late, and he was always stoned. Yeah, I mean, at that young of an age, I mean, to be on the road and to have responsibilities to be at arenas at certain times, you know, public events at certain times, that's too young. Pick your pressure. That's too young you know yeah but it's not like he was it's not like it was new to him he came from a a famous family yeah he saw all of his family members do this so this was not like a new scene to him you know yeah yeah you got a point so teddy ended up saying that he was acting out due to the overwhelming pressure quote it was so fucking scary i had no life experience I didn't know if I wanted to get up at five in the morning for the next 20 years. Hmm. Um, sir. Welcome to the real world. <laughs> Pretty much no matter what you do. Yeah. You're going to be getting up at 5 a.m. Even if you work nights. I don't nights, feel bad for you. No. Uh, 5 p.m. is your 5 a.m. Yeah. if you work nights. So, uh. Mm. Man, all the call outs that I did. Fucking Fuck. dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do not feel bad for you. Yeah. So. He would later say that he was released due to tensions between the Hart family and the McMahons over the Montreal screw job, mm-hmm. which was involving his uncle Brett. If you know wrestling, you know, you know the it. Yeah. Uh, no other family member was affected by this, though, so I'm pretty sure that's not what happened. Just saying. So he continued to wrestle for Stampede with Harry Smith and TJ Wilson as the Hart Foundation. Uh, he was in popular promotions such as Ring of Honor and TNA Wrestling. He also went solo overseas to England to wrestle for One Pro Wrestling for a little while. And after returning from England, his next big break came with Wrestling Society, which was a like hybrid show promotion with MTV. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, he was. Tra- oh man. Yeah, he was treated as a top talent. 
However, the show was abruptly canceled after five shows. Yeah. Shows. Five shows, not yeah. seasons. Yeah. Shows. I know. Dude, I remember that. Yeah. Holy shit. So, shoots, what they call them, collected from guys he wrestled with, are a, a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. So, a shoot is like... You're telling the truth uh, about someone. Yeah. So, he had a wrestling match with Kurt Angle uh, for Jersey All Pro Wrestling. And Teddy changed script in the middle, which means he totally disregarded what they were supposed to be doing and practice doing, uh, resulting in an altercation that almost stopped the show. Uh, Wrestling radio show host Don Tony called Teddy a liar, a loudmouth, and someone with, quote, more than just a couple screws loose. Mm. Yeah. Uh, One of the most talked about incidents was at a 2003 Ring of Honor cage match. Teddy lost and got pissed and repeatedly did moonsaults off the top of the cage, which was unscripted. Jesus. He ignored all professionalism, the refs, the other wrestlers. They tried to pin him down, and he kept climbing up on top of the cage and doing moonsaults off. What the fuck? Um, so he obviously put the guys in danger because he's, yeah. he's coming off a cage. Yeah. So it's feet. And they have to catch this fucking guy. Right. That they're not prepared to catch. Even though it's, okay, it's it's fake, the... You still have You're to making catch him. contact. You're right. making contact. You're making contact doing a move that you guys did not practice. Right. So he inevitably, though, apparently flipped himself around so much that he threw up in the ring. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, he went back fuck? to the locker room and the guys literally tossed him and his shit from the locker room. Physically tossed him. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, former wrestler Conan said, quote, you've really got to have a lot of heat for this to happen. They kicked him out of the dressing room and tossed his luggage out. Wow. Um, afterwards, he apologized. He said he didn't remember what happened, and he blamed his actions and his memory loss on a concussion suffered during the show. Well, maybe if you wouldn't have been fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. But, wow. So CM Punk. Yes. I, I don't care who you are. Everybody uh, knows CM Punk. Yes. Uh, so he wrote on his live journal page mm-hmm. that wrestling is already dangerous enough, but um, Teddy put the guys in danger. Don't whine about being blackballed when you do it to yourself. And then said, quote, learn some etiquette. Yeah. This resulted in a fight outside of a Nashville bar called the White Trash Cafe. <laughs> yes, love it. It started. This is the only cool thing that Teddy has done. <laughs> well, it started by Punk uh, slapping Teddy. Open-handed. Yeah. And Teddy made a comment along the lines of, only bitches slap with their hands open. Mm. So, he ended up getting pulled apart. Yeah. It was a a to-do. So, Teddy really didn't seem to know when to turn off the gimmick, or he just didn't want to. You know? Yeah. Uh, His bullshit followed him everywhere, but so did his natural talent and incredible abilities. Teddy had the technical skills of a true heart, his technique mimicking Owen's Owen Hart's he had high-flying agility of a luchador which was Mexican wrestlers who yeah. do all the acrobatics right and the theatrics of an American superstar Conan would say quote he has more charisma than just about any three guys you can put together he looks like a star he acts like a star he's an incredible wrestler and the fans love him mm-hmm. which they do yeah which is insane well, because he's such a good wrestler. He, he really fucking is. Yeah. So um, his abilities are matched by few, and he appeals to the newer generation of wrestling fans who want believability. Yeah. So 
Uh, most guys don't want to be in the same room as him, but would never pass up the opportunity to wrestle with him. Mm-hmm. Um, January 9th of 2004, he beat Brian Danielson in uh, Major League Wrestling's Reloaded. And after he won, he started doing backflips, which, which pissed off Brian and caused the uh, crowd to chant, don't come back. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. There's so many, like, little, like, oh, he wrestled with AJ Styles in, like, 09. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, in March of 2004, he represented Team Canada at America's X Cup. He was later later released from the tournament because of the altercation with CM Punk. So, this is stolen TNA? Yeah. Okay. He was in a bunch at the same time. Yeah. 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 So, in 2005, he participated in several WWE promotions, uh, wrestled in several dark matches, and um, was the enhancement talent on the WWE TV show Velocity. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. In April of 06, he moved to Florida with the hopes of getting a developmental contract, which he got. Yeah. He got re-signed by the WWE and was sent to Florida Championship Wrestling Developmental Facility um between 2006 and 2007 right so at that time florida championship wrestling was the developmental wrestling promotion for wwe this is so people know this has no bearing on anything but i had to throw it in there uh on july 27th 2000 i just realized that's leah's birthday no that's 26 never mind yeah uh july 27th good job mom 2006 um he wrestled john cena at the Six Flags Kentucky Kingdom. <laughs> wow. Everybody starts at the bottom. You start from the bottom. Yep. Yep. Um, he ended up forming the Next Generation Heart Foundation with him, obviously, Harry Smith and Natalia. Uh, and then, then was joined by TJ Wilson and Ted DiBiase. On October 2nd of 2006, he had his last match with WWE. And on October 11th of 2006, he was once again released from the company. Oh, jeez. Does it say what for? Because he did release due to no change in attitude or behavior. Oh, my God. Literally my next sentence. Dude, what are you doing? So now again, instead of taking responsibility for his own actions, Teddy said this was retaliation for Bret Hart's book where he called McMahon the, quote, Grim Reaper of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Again, nobody else in the Hart family was affected. Right. Uh, in 2006, Florida's pro wrestling dynasty, um, that's who he was with, um, and he was wrestling with Chasen Rance. Okay. This guy turns into a huge fucking douche nozzle. Yes. Um, yes, he does. So at this point, Teddy's burning bridges everywhere. Yeah. He has gone through essentially every American brand, and the only reasonable offer left was Mexico. Excuse me. He got the offer from former wrestler Conan, whose name is Carlos Santiago Espada Moises. Okay. Carlos. Conan. (laughs) Conan. (laughs) Um, So in late 2007, Teddy made his sensational debut with Triple A. This was in November. And Triple A is a huge promotion in In Mexico. Mexico. It's now... It's like the equivalent of WWE down there. It's like almost bigger than the first like brand that was out there. Right. So 
wrestling in Mexico is it's like religion. Huge. It's like football. Here. It's like jet in Japan. The same yeah, thing. same thing. It's it's one of those things that doesn't ever go away. It's right. Like, yeah. it, it is like football. Yeah. So um, Conan was a former WCW wrestler, and he actually started in Western Canada with Stu. Was trained by Stu. Oh, I didn't um, know that. So triple A stands for assistance, assessment, and administration. Ooh. Took a while to find that. I had no clue. Boom. Wow. Yeah. Look at you, killer. Uh, Conan remained generous to Teddy for giving a lot of his shit. Uh, he put him on the triple mania cards, which is like their WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, he wrestled in front of crowds of 20,000. And the fan base down there fucking loves him like really stupid love him really oh he's fucking huge in mexico wow huge now in mexico there it's luchador wrestling yeah they wear masks for their whole career right you don't know who the fuck they are the whole time which to me is amazing that's awesome love it so um they were using him to really cultivate american audiences to the mexican wrestling scene um, in the same sense that they would send luchadors north to try and get the Americans yeah. more into it. Um, the bullshit became too much, even for Conan. Mm. He was fired. Teddy was fired in 2010. Conan said, quote, he'd show up late for work. He'd go into business for himself, which means he would turn the show about him and yeah. not about the script. Uh, he would leave in the middle of a match. <laughs> what? what? Peace. <laughs> Like, Later, guys. Does, yeah. I gotta go. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're I like cool. you. I gotta go. <laughs> right. Um. He was always smoking pot. Yeah. He always had chicks around him, but they didn't know what they were doing. So he was bringing untrained amateurs into a professional setting. Hey, as long as you look good. He'd bring cats backstage and the litter box, <laughs> and it's like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> so, <laughs> what is it with cats? I'm gonna get into the cats. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't even know. Yeah. So he was rehired and then promptly fired again in 2012. Jesus. <laughs> this fucking guy. So he ends up returning to Alberta and starts commercially breeding Persian cats. What? Dude, what? 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 What, what? How do you even like think about getting into okay. that? And he was a security driver for escort services. Which, now that's, hey. So escort services in Canada is different than here. It sounds relatively legal, but you had to be licensed. Really? Yeah, I forgot to look into it, but that's the way they made it sound. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so what he would do is he would wait outside. The girls would text when they were done. Yeah. He would go knock twice on the door. Allowing the girls to exit safely. So basically bodyguarding. Right. Okay. Uh, he also smoked and sold a shit ton of weed. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, according to him, made more with these, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Avenues Excursions, or, avenues, yeah. whatever, uh, over the span of a few years than he did in the independent wrestling circuit. Yeah. You make shit. In the so, <sighs> okay, this is where we start going downhill. Yeah. Okay, so the cats. Yeah. It's like a heart thing, like a heart family thing. And they always had a bunch of cats. And I read something that Stu was making eggs and there was cat shit on the counter. And he took the spatula and he flung the cat poop off the counter and then kept cooking the eggs. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's fucking repulsive. 
I put that in for you. Babe, that's repulsive. Mm-hmm. Yep, I know. So, being the driver for the escort service, this is how he met his future wife, Faye. Yeah. And his uh, quote-unquote girlfriend, Michelle. Yeah. Now, yeah. So, this is... this is Pippin' ain't easy. No, this is where it goes. Woo. Bad. Yeah. So, this is right around the time that uh, Frederick Kroetz, I believe, Mm -hmm. I've heard it said a couple different ways, came into the picture. Right. Okay. So, he was a filmmaker, and he was looking to kind of branch out. So, he was filming, like, the way he said it was, like, cat TV. Yeah. Like, he would film, like, those channels that are, like, white noise channels with, like, the cats and shit. That's weird. So, I paid the bills. Yeah. Well, so he was looking. Watch it. Yeah, he was looking to branch out, and wanted to do some sort of like a documentary or a reality TV show. So he got pointed in the direction of wrestling. Yeah. So he started going and filming the wrestlers, and he said he was really just taken aback at how athletic it was, first of all, but then the difference between like their day job. And then them wrestling. Right. He's right. like, one of the guys worked at Radio Shack. Yeah. <laughs> and then would come and like, you know, wrestle. Yeah. So he's like, you know, the longer I spent time with them, he's the more he wanted to do really a, like a reality TV show about them. Mm-hmm. And he knew that the kicker with a reality TV show was to have that like one crazy, crazy ass yep. like person. So literally everybody was like, Teddy fucking hurt. Yeah. Go find Teddy hurt. Mm-hmm. So... He decided that he was going to make a reality TV show about a famous wrestler looking for redemption. He said, quote, Teddy Hart was living a unique lifestyle while searching for reconciliation with his famous uncles and to restart his wrestling career. He literally called Teddy and Teddy's like, let's fucking do this. Yeah. He showed up at the house and started filming immediately. Right. Just and filmed for the next actually when all was said and done 10 years. Yeah. So. He walked into, uh, well, Teddy invited him over to his mansion, which is not a mansion. No. I'm pretty sure our house is bigger. <laughs> it had a cool setup, It though. really did have a cool setup, but there was yeah. pot, the marijuana paraphernalia. Oh, liter- dude, the posters ruined it. Dude, ceiling to floor. Yeah, And we're posters. talking like... Spencer's black light <laughs> pot leaf posters yes. in this what Playboy bunny <laughs> fucking flag over his back. Yeah, like dude. Which it could have been on. a gorgeous house. Yeah. And no. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. So he always he always had a fucking blunt in his mouth. Yeah. Always. Um he was oh my god. I don't Okay. So now you see the cats. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Can you imagine the amount of poop? No, 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 dude. So literally they, they're filming and Faye's like the cats in labor. (laughs) (laughs) One of the cats just started like randomly having kittens on the fucking kitchen floor. So weird. While she's feeding the other ones. So like she's still feeding them on like a cookie tray because there's 117 of them. So she puts like a scoop of food on a cookie tray, like fucking cookies. Yeah. And puts it down and goes back to the one having babies and then feeds them and then goes back. That's so fucking What is weird. happening here? Yeah, that's what so What is happening? Weird. So there's one cat and they call him Mr. Money. Oh, he's awesome. Now, do you want to know why they call him Mr. Money? No. He is the impregnator. Ah. He's the one getting all of 
the girly cat's knocked up. Oh, That's that why make, he's Mr. Money. That makes sense. Because Teddy would turn around and sell these kittens for $500. Oh. Now, it was questionable whether they were Persian, full Persian. Yeah, yeah. Persian are, are Very rare, expensive. And yeah. they're rare, yeah. right? So it was questionable whether or not they were full-bred Persian. Mm. Um, but he, he trained these cats. Like, literally trained them. They were on leashes. Mr. Money would sit in his arm, like just cradled in his arm. Yeah. And he would take Mr. Money to wrestling matches and put him on the turnbuckle yeah. and he would just sit there. That's During awesome. the whole fucking match. He wouldn't move. <laughs> this cat's just judging everybody like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so weird. The cat ends up getting deported. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Money. How the fuck does a cat get deported? <laughs> I was dying. Dying. They're like, and Mr. Money gets deported. I'm like, wait, Mr. Money's a fucking cat. Yeah, how does How's he, he get, get deported? Yeah. I'll get there. I will get there. <sighs> so Frederick is filming for about 18 months. He's trying to pitch this reality show. Um, he tried pitching it to Animal Planet. And they found out that Teddy liked to um, juggle cats. And they're like, yeah, no, we're not. We're not doing this. How the fuck do you juggle cats? He doesn't like have. I'm like, is he going to throw three of them? He doesn't throw three of them. He just shows that if you throw a cat up in the air, they land on their feet. They always do. Yeah. So he just throws it. But like. Oh, that's weird. He throws the cat up. And then when he catches the cat, they just like snuggle back into his arms. It's the weirdest fucking thing. It's very weird. Yeah. They're on leashes and. I don't know, babe. It's weird. Yeah, that is. So there's there's cats everywhere. Ev- everywhere. The stench has got to be. I can't be. even fucking imagine. Dude, it's. Like you spend your entire day feeding cats and cleaning litter boxes. Dude, that house, like between all the fucking weed. Yeah. And the cats. I, well, that's you what. Probably just throw up when you walk in. Frederick said. He's like, you know, because he was on Chris Jericho's podcast. And okay. he said it wasn't. um wasn't necessarily a mansion but you know it was it was a decent house but yeah. uh didn't smell very good <laughs> oh my god i dude i can't even imagine I, i'd probably puke walking in there yeah so he's filming the cats and then he's filming teddy and Faye, and they say they have this open relationship they share girls mm-hmm. and that hey, they're oh. shut up they're a happy cuppy happy couple full of debauchery Ooh. Uh, then Frederick got a text to look at the paper. A 2014 Calgary Sun article said that the Royal Canadian Mounted Police confirmed that Teddy was wanted for sexual assault, unlawful confinement, and and regular assault, I guess. Jeez. Frederick said, quote, right after the newspaper article, I lost my pilot. Ugh. At that moment, things had changed. The big question, stop filming um, or keep digging. Yeah. He, he chose to keep filming. He then finds out that the women that filed these charges were Faye and Michelle. Wow. The wife and girlfriend. Wow. Faye would do an interview later on saying that they waited for Teddy to get invited to an independent show in Texas and that she paid for him to go to get him out of the house. Mm-hmm. Once he was gone, they packed up all their shit. Uh, she said that wasn't ruined and left. Wow. Um. Teddy denied all these charges, saying that the women conspired against him uh, after they invested in a botched marijuana growing deal. 
Um, and then he said it was retaliation from dispute over the possible reality show. Yeah. Because he would go on to say that this escort business, Faye ran. Yeah. And that she was fined because two of the girls weren't licensed. And yeah. she had to turn around and do the high-end escorting uh, herself to pay off the fines. Oh, wow. To which she was like, no, it's not what happened. Yeah. So, now in an interview with Frederick, right after it happened, he was absolutely flabbergasted. Faye and Michelle detailed Teddy's controlling and dominating ways. Uh, the girl said that he stole their phones and their passports. He was holding them hostage. He would Jesus. choke and rape them. Oh, my God. Film sexual acts to blackmail them. Michelle would say she wasn't a sex worker until Teddy pimped her out. Dude. And then he drained her account of $229,000 in a matter of months. Oh, my God. For pot and cat food. Dude, what? Oh my god. Is he getting stoned and eating the cat food? Babe. Is that where it's going? Oh my god. What is going on? So now, in the documentary, you see that Teddy and Faye and Michelle um, tell Frederick that they are together and then they're in this polyamorous relationship. It's this open relationship. They all love each other, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then you find out that the same day that Frederick met Michelle was actually the same day that Teddy met Michelle. <laughs> there was no relationship prior. <laughs> what? Yeah. If, you, if you've seen the documentary, the day that they are filmed in the bathtub, that's the Faye first and Michelle, day. that's the first day that Teddy met her. Wow. Yeah. So then Faye ends up giving Frederick um, stacks of recordings that she has of Teddy. Mm-hmm. And this is when the real Teddy comes out. Yeah. Um, the frightening Teddy. Yeah. So she, the first one they show is him uh, injecting steroids. And then he goes into almost a roid rage, but like manic episode. And then he starts screaming uh, at her that she's a slut. And he married a slut and his wife is a slut. Wow. There's another point in time where he says, she's laying in bed. And he's like, I'm trying to be one of the last good guys who doesn't beat or rape his wife. But, you know, a little rape is okay. Oh, my God. Right after Dude, that. you would kill me. Oh, my God. You would kill me. Well, then me. he goes on to, like, like, try to have sex with her. Yeah. While he's filming it. After that, it shows her sitting. It looks like the bathroom, I think. And it's just her sitting. And then you can see him standing next to her. Yeah. And he's rubbing her back. And he's saying, this is Faye's official statement. She exaggerated about the rape the other day. She wanted it. It wasn't that bad. Whoa. And she's staring into the camera, terrified. Fucking terrified. Yeah. He is a fucking maniac. He's a maniac. Dude, he's he's a nut. He's there's literally no other way to put it. And how she's and she just kept saying, I just wanted to get out. Yeah. I just wanted to get out. And she talks about how she wanted to get out so bad. She crashed her car. She intentionally crashed her car. She was driving home thinking about how she was going to get out of the relationship, and she drove her car into a ditch. Oh my god. She literally broke the entire right side of her body. She was in traction for six months. She broke her leg, her pelvis, her ribs, uh, lumbar, spine. I mean, she fucked herself Dude, up. So she 
she legit tried to kill herself. She tried to kill herself. And then they show her, this poor lady, she's got a neck brace on, a cast on her wrist, and he's making her fucking hop down a hallway. I can't get a piggyback ride? Right. Like, what the fuck? Right. One crutch? (laughs) Something? I mean, okay. So, they, obviously, they file these charges. Now... Teddy doesn't know about the charges yet because he's he's still in Texas. And while he's in Texas, he moves in with uh, indie wrestler. How do you say her name? Oh, I don't. Machico. Yeah. Machico. Machado or Machico. We'll go with Machico. Um, He's an absolute dick to her. Yeah. Um, They go to uh, a hibachi restaurant and he starts bitching at her at, at the table. About her saying something to him in the car. They go outside. She's sitting on the bench. And he keeps telling Frederick, turn the camera off, turn the camera off, turn the camera off. He looks at Machiko and says, you're lucky the camera's here because if it wasn't, you'd be sleeping right now. You're on borrowed fucking time. So you fucking threatened to basically threaten to kill her. Yeah. Wow. Flat out said, you're lucky the camera's here. You're on borrowed fucking time. Wow. Yeah. Um, Stand up guy. Yeah. So now with the charges and stuff, um, Frederick told Teddy, like, I'll help you get out of it. Like, I'll come down there. I'll film you in Texas. I'll help you get, you know, we'll work on this. But you have to come back and face these charges. Mm -hmm. So they decide they're all going to go back to Canada. Teddy, Machiko and Mr. Money. Oh, Mr. Money. So they're on the plane and Teddy's getting shit faced. Um. They get to Canada on July 22nd of 2015. Um, Teddy tried to get in with his American passport, but they have facial recognition software everywhere, so they knew immediately who it was, and his warrant popped up. What a dick. Now, Machiko had a warrant she didn't know about, too. Mm -hmm. She had a simple assault warrant, so they wouldn't allow her in the country. Mm. And at some point, Mr. Money, who Teddy claims was an an emotional support animal, Yeah. Because, you know, he could fly for free then. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. He said he got him after a, a psyche bell. Sure. Um, they couldn't find his paperwork. Because he didn't have, no, have it. Right. She's like, I lost it on the plane. Yeah. You, you didn't have it. So Mr. Money got deported too. Oh, poor Mr. Money. Now, Mr. Money lives with Machiko currently. Well, that's cool. So he's living his best life. Good. Um, so within days, Teddy's out on bond. He is bonded out by a man named Bill Casalos, Casalios, Casalias, something like that. Uh, he met this dude twice. Twice. And dude bonds him out. Dude bonds him out and he goes and lives with him. What? Mm-hmm. All right. That's so weird. This is where we meet Samantha Fiddler. Okay. Okay. So this is where Teddy meets Samantha Fiddler. Um, Teddy says that he met Samantha Fiddler, who was a bartender and a single mother of three little girls, when she became interested in training for professional wrestling. He then said that he met her when she applied to be a nanny for Bill's son. When Bill was asked about this, he was like, uh, what? No. (laughs) I don't need a fucking nanny. Right. She was a stripper. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Which, whatever. Yeah. To each his own, she's probably making fucking bank, but... Yeah. yeah. He said that's how we met her. Like, she was a dancer. 
And, you know. So Teddy is a complete fucking lie. Oh, complete. Um, he, you know, Teddy's a smooth talker. And she, she was legitimately interested in professional wrestling. Yeah. So the three of them came to an agreement for a business deal. Teddy would train Samantha to become a wrestler. And Bill would fund it. Okay. Samantha would be the wrestler. Yeah. So Bill ended up paying for a boob job and a Jaguar to give her like the look, you know. Where's this Bill? Can he fucking pay for me? I would like boobs. Please. (laughs) Babe, you got some. No, no, no. Like fix them. So when he found out though that Teddy and Samantha were romantically involved, he was like, I'm out. I'm out. He said we were in this for business and you can't have a business with three people if two of them are in a relationship. Yeah. So he cut ties. Um, eventually, Samantha and her three daughters moved in with Teddy in Alberta, I believe. That's what everything implies. It never comes out and says that. Okay. Um, she ended up bringing Teddy to meet her family and her parents. Mm-hmm. And he became a father figure to her kids. He said he would tuck them in at night and do their hair. Wow. Teddy and Samantha were interviewed by Rolling Stone together. Um she was curled up on the couch next to him. They had just gotten done filming scenes for a documentary that somebody else was doing. Yeah. Actually, not Frederick. Um, yeah. Teddy ends up calling Frederick, though, and says, dude, I got a new girlfriend. Like, do you want to meet her? And he's like, yeah, you fucking train wreck. Of course I do. <laughs> yeah. Come on, let me see this bullshit. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> they go to Frederick's office, and it's Teddy and Samantha and the three girls. Okay. And he said he he noticed how happy they were and how genuine they seemed, mostly Samantha. But he couldn't help feel like Teddy was using her like a pawn. Yeah. It looks good. She's a single mom with three looks kids. Looks real good. He's a father figure now. He's taking care of this girl. Mm-hmm. Um, he would say on camera that this was the closest he's ever felt with a female in his life. And she quickly became his valet. So she became like his escort. Yeah. Um, she really thought that he was her ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, he eventually convinces Samantha to move to Orlando without her children. Oh, my God. In an interview. How, yeah. How do you do that? Because he, babe, he, he fucked her world up. Dude. Um, in an interview with Frederick, Samantha talked about essentially giving custody to her parents. She would say that they were staying there. Um, but that she was paying child support and so it was, I don't know how that works in Canada. Yeah. So I'm not sure, but, um, while she's being interviewed, she starts to kind of get upset, which I would like to point out though, at the time of this interview, she's fucking ripped. Like, holy fuck. Her shoulders had doubled in size. She was ripped. Um, he cuts her off and is like, listen. This is what she needed to do. It's going to be worth it to leave the kids for a year. She's going to be a star. And that's pretty much all she has to say about that. And completely cut the interview off. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so she she moved. She Jeez. stayed in close contact with her sister April and the kids. Um, calling almost daily, April would say. Teddy had her training at Team Vision Dojo. Which was owned by uh, Chasen Ranch. Rance. We talked about him earlier. Yeah. Uh, so it turns out he's a convicted sex offender <laughs> um, who 
was arrested, uh, tried and convicted of having sex with a minor between the ages of 12 and 15. Jesus Christ. The girl would come out and say that uh, he would feed her drugs and alcohol and they had sex multiple times at his house. Oh my God. And then you see him and you're like, oh yeah, he's a fucking pedophile. Yeah, he's a creeper. He's a he's a pedophile. So, it's just a really shitty environment. Yeah. Now, Kenny Omega ended up catching a lot of heat for training and doing some sort of promotion at this guy's Oh, gym. really? Yeah. Um, the other thing they did was um, fetish videos. I guess if you're into it. Wrestling fetish videos. Yeah, I, I guess so, if you're into it. I mean, don't uh, you don't want to kink shame. Because whatever, to each yeah. his own. Whatever, listen. Yeah. You do you, as long as you're not hurting anybody. Some of them are a little weird, though. Yeah. They're, they're a little weird. Uh, like... Um, unconscious. That, yeah. I don't like that one. No. Um, but if you watch carefully some of these videos, you see Teddy a lot. <laughs> he's in a lot of the videos. One of them, he's like punching a dude's ding. Oh. Like punching it. <laughs> he like, well, first they ripped each other's pants off. Well, you got to. I mean, you have to, right? <laughs> And then, like, he's giving the guy a wedgie. Yeah. And then, like, he's giving him a bigger wedgie on the ropes. And then he just starts punching his ding. What? What the fuck? What are you doing? Doesn't that hurt? Yeah, I would think so. Now, I'm a big fan of the term getting your dick kicked in. But then I saw it and I was like, hmm. That really looks like it hurts. It really kind of describes my day to a fucking T because that looks like (laughs) terrible. Yeah. So, very fucking weird. Yeah. Very, whatever. To each his own, though. Either way, this this guy's a fucking pedophile. Yeah. He would go on to say, though, that um, Teddy and Samantha actually stayed with him for like a month mm. while she trained at his facility. Um, there's res- there's videos of her wrestling hard with men and yeah. and doing great. Yeah. Um, the videos start in around late March, early April. Um, then shit went downhill. <laughs> Bad and quick. Teddy ended up going back to Alberta for his pretrial hearing, mm-hmm. which they found out that, um, you know, the judge asked Michelle if she had talked to anybody else involved with the case. And Michelle's like, no, what you, no, not at all. Yeah. She lived with Faye. <sighs> so all the charges got dropped. All of them oh, got fucking dropped. Technicality. Yep. Yep. Wow. So after his pretrial hearing, he went to Texas. And in June of 2006, he moved back in with Machiko. Yeah. Now, at this point, Sam is in Florida. Yeah. And she calls her sister or, you know, tries to call her sister. She calls her friend Jamie at one point and says, I I need help. I want to come home. Mm -hmm. And her friend Jamie's like, "Okay, well, my my friends like they drive cars. You know, from point A to point B to get them. They can grab you. Like, grab your fucking passport and come home. And that's when Samantha says, it's so funny, it's Samantha and Jamie. Yeah. I just realized that. Oh, yeah. You Um, and your sister. Yeah. Um, Samantha's like, I don't don't have my passport. He he took my passport. Now, Faye and Michelle would accuse him of the same thing. Yeah. That he would take their phones and their passports because you can't fucking go anywhere without a passport. Right. So now, Samantha is in Florida. 
she's essentially an illegal immigrant. She mm. doesn't have a passport, so she can't get a job. Yeah. So she's fucked, basically. And he doesn't care. Doesn't care. So You'd just get paid under the table. Yeah. You'd have to find That's a job. That's what she would have that... to do, yeah. Now, she ends up talking to a friend of hers that she met while she was with Teddy, who actually witnessed a physical altercation between the two of them. Mm. Um, she tells him that she's in... Miami and you know she's doing great and blah 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 but she wants to stay away from him Teddy so nobody really knows mm-hmm. what transpired you can take bits and pieces of it she at some point um became friends with a ring photographer yeah and he did landscaping on the side so he gave her a job as a um, branch chipper she would drag the branches to the the tree trimmer so she gets this job and she ends up moving in with uh, dude's girlfriend, Marisol. Yeah. There's pictures of her posted, you know, on Facebook and she's doing okay. And then uh, he says she asked for a ride to work one day. Marisol said no. And she went fucking batshit crazy. They called the police. So she was arrested for trespassing in August of 2016. Um, Right around the same time, Teddy's in Texas with Michiko and... Michiko finds Samantha's passport in the glove box of the car. Mm. And she's like, I, you broke up with her. We're like, why, why do you have her fucking passport? Oh, I, she just left it in there. Uh, a bunch of excuses. So he denied he ever took her passport, but clearly he, he fucking did. did. Yeah. So she kind of, she goes off the grid a little bit. Um, She's possibly still doing landscaping. She's possibly dancing. Don't know. Yeah. She, uh, in November, goes to get a new ID because she doesn't have an ID. She goes to the Polk County, um, shit. Tax collector something. something. Yeah, the Polk County. Yeah, tax collector. Good job, babe. Now, she had missed several court dates from the first trespassing arrest. So they had issued a bench warrant for her arrest for failure to appear. When you go any in any type of government building and they run your name, you have a warrant, oh, you, you get arrested arrest- on the yeah, spot. Yeah. So that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that everybody noticed, though, was how much her appearance had changed. She had cut off all of her hair and dyed it what her sister described as a box blonde. And everybody's thir- first thought was... Who are you running from? Who are you running from? Yeah. Not only did she change her appearance drastically, she changed it not in a normal way that she would for her. Right. She was very high maintenance, you know, and if she was dancing, she had the money to do it. You knocked your microphone. Um, If she was dancing, she had the money to do it, you know. So she gets arrested for trespassing again. There's, um, she was in a hospital too. Like, it's kind of fuzzy where if she got arrested from the Marisol thing or when she was in a hospital. She was in a hospital and refused to leave. She was trying to file an order of protection against somebody. In the hospital? Yeah. And, like, trying to get the police there to talk to her about filing an order of protection. And she wouldn't leave the hospital. It was like she was afraid to leave the hospital. Yeah. And they kicked her out. And had her arrested for trespassing. Well, that's weird. So... Um, that's fucking weird. All the details of both her arrests are are sealed. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get so that's why it's not 
quite clear if it was from the Marisol thing or the hospital thing. But yeah. We don't know. Um, her dad, Robin, said that the last time he talked to her, quote, she mentioned there were some people who were angry with her, but she wouldn't go into any detail. We don't know anybody in Florida. All we know is our daughter's out there or something really bad happened to her. She was uh, bonded out on her own recognizance on yeah. November 19th, 2016, very early in the morning in uh, Bardo, Florida. Okay. Um, where that particular jail is, it's not a great part of town. People say you should not be walking around in the dark. Um, and they release people in groups. So, like, it's not just one person coming out. Yeah. Like, it's like this round of people come out and then this round of people come out. Yeah. They come to find out that she tried to call her sister April and April missed the call. Mm. Now, after that, Samantha was never heard from again. Oh, I just got chills. Ever. <laughs> Ever. So, nobody knows. Ooh. Nobody knows. Mm. Now, the other thing is... You know, April started calling uh, Florida law enforcement mm -hmm. and was told she's an adult. She has the right to disappear. We're not opening a missing persons case until you prove to us that she's missing. Right. And April's like, I can't find her. Like, right. She wouldn't leave her kids. She wouldn't not talk to me. And they just, they kept telling her she has a right to leave. Which she does. She does. But now still... They refused to open a missing persons case. And April was actually told by law enforcement that Canadians are not respected in America. <laughs> Dude, that's not... I, I don't even know what to fucking say to some of this. That's not fucking cool. No, it's not. How do you fucking say that? It, that does, it doesn't matter where the Who fuck you're from. Who the fuck cares? From. Yeah. So... And how do... You, nothing Yeah, I, I guess you... Yeah, I mean, you got to prove that they're they're missing. But how I, do you I, prove somebody's missing? Yeah. They're I not going to pop up and be like, hey. I've taken missing persons reports just w with people just not no. showing up. and So because they refused to open a case, not only was nobody doing anything about it, nobody knew about it. Right. It came, it, it, it kind of started getting some like public exposure i guess a couple people started facebook groups um it, it was a big deal too because she is part native american mm -hmm. um and there in canada there's a huge huge issue with indigenous women going missing really huge issue and it's been going on for for decades okay and it's it, it's one of those things that there's obviously groups and they're like, we're pushed aside because we're indigenous. Yeah. No, nobody cares about us. Yeah. Which, I mean, it kind of. Kind of is true. That, right? Yeah. So nobody does anything. And then the uh, author of the Rolling Stone article, who turns out to be the neighbor of Frederick, the documentary guy, sees something on the internet that she's missing. Yeah. And he calls Frederick and he's like, uh. Samantha's gone. Yeah. And this was three years after the fact. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Frederick immediately goes to her family. Mm -hmm. And he goes to meet her family to see what he can do. Because he's like, I 
I feel responsible, essentially. He's like, you know, I, I kept filming when I shouldn't have been filming. And, you know, he, if he didn't do it, he put her in a position to have it done to her. Yeah. You know, he left her alone and homeless. She listed homeless as her address. Yeah. And she couldn't get back into Canada because he's got her fucking he's passport. He's got her passport. So she can't, she wow. can't go anywhere. So she's, he put her in that position. Yeah. 100%. So... Frederick goes to Teddy in 2021 and sits him down and says, where the fuck is she? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. She did drugs. She was a whore. We never had a relationship. We weren't together. I barely knew her. What? What? Sir. Huh? What? All the footage that was taken of you? At one point, Frederick gets up and is like, what? the fuck like he can't handle it anymore so he ends up showing him the footage of him saying like this is the closest i've ever felt to a female and hey in the rolling stone article they call her your fucking girlfriend because she's living with you and her kids and you guys go to mexico together and what we were never in a relationship dude what a fucking liar up and down they were never in a relationship he barely knew her he only knew her for a couple weeks and they never had sex. He focused on that so much. What What does that matter? Who gives a shit? Yeah. What does that matter? He very much is on that. And he just immediately, I don't know what happened to her. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, calm Bullshit. down. Yeah, calm down. Do. Um, he at one point says, I don't give a fuck about Samantha. She did this to herself. So you do know. So you do know. Yeah. Talks about. She he makes comments that he doesn't realize, I think, that he's making. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was in with the wrong people. She started doing drugs again. And her family's like, she never fucking did drugs. Yeah. So there was no again for her, you know. She was very much a healthy person, cared about her body and her right. appearance. And no, she was a drug addict and a whore, is what he would say. I didn't know her. Wow. Didn't know her at all. And then said... I mean, I, I, just because you're a stripper at one point... You're not a whore. Th- it doesn't make you a whore. Dude, I would you're, be you're, on that motherfucking yeah, pole in a heartbeat. You're making money. It, it, it's a fucking job. It's a smart job. If I did not look like a Saturday night fucking stab special with all of my surgeries, <laughs> give me that fucking pole. <laughs> right. I'm going to buy you a shiny jacket. Right. Oh, babe, I'd promote the fuck out of you. I know, it'd be great. But I do... I'd be like the Tuesday like lunch shift. <laughs> You know, <laughs> just saying, you know, uh, nah. where they're serving fucking pizza from the oven. Chicken tenders, man. Yeah. Just call me Nugs. <laughs> Nugs. <laughs> and now to the stage. Yeah, that's going to be my stripper Nugs. name, Nugs. <laughs> um, so he, um, before he says, oh, I don't know her. I don't know her. He says, uh, quote, by the time she moved to Florida, our relationship had ended and I had moved to Texas. Wrong. What? Yeah. I was not in regular communication with her and I do not know what happened to her. I hope for the sake of her family and her kids that she is somewhere out there and that she is okay. I'm sorry, what? Dude, he knows. You weren't together when she moved to Florida. That's why she moved to Florida. That's why she moved. Yeah. Yeah. Because of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a fucking liar this guy is. So, it. I mean, 
he went downhill. He got arrested several times after that. Uh, drunk driving. Um, he got arrested twice for the assault of a child, Jesus. Uh, a disabled person or something. They group it what? together. Yeah, they group it together. Um, uh, Machiko at this point comes out and yeah. says, yeah, he used to beat the fuck out of me. And he would choke me and he would put me in submission holds and like, so hard I peed my pants once. Oh my God. And he would say that it was training. Yeah, that's not training. So dude. they're in the middle of a fight and he's like, Arr! training time. Yeah, right. Choke hold. Let's go. Time to pee yourself. Right. What the <laughs> fuck, dude? I swear. Dude, that's nuts. <sighs> he, he wrecked her car all the fucking time. This poor girl. She's like, even the gorilla fucking tape isn't holding the mirror on anymore. And I'm like, mm, I'll buy you a mirror. Right. <laughs> I feel bad. You know? So he then starts saying that he was in jail when she disappeared. He was not. This was no. debunked by multiple people. Yeah. He goes on a radio show and the radio host is like, you were in jail in, in December, December 12th. And he's like, no, I was in jail when, when she went missing. And he's like, no, no, no. It, it was a month earlier. No, I, I was in jail. And the, the radio DJ was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what What are you doing? Yeah. So it turns out he was not in jail. He was in Los Angeles, California wrestling. He was in a match. Wow. The night she, so that she went missing in the morning of the 19th. He was in a match the, the evening of the 19th. dog is chewing something. Stop. He was in a match the morning of the 19th. He's never wow. mentioned it. Frederick found it. He found the tape of it. Teddy's never mentioned it. Wonder if he even knows. He probably doesn't remember that he was in this fucking... Probably fucking so high he doesn't even oh remember. Oh, God, babe. It's, it's so bad. Now... I want to talk to this guy so fucking bad. So now, when he's with Machiko... She, you know, she comes out and she's accusing him of sexual assault and verbal assault. And, mm. You know, she makes a comment that at one point, he, one of the times he beat the fuck out of her was when they were moving Samantha Fiddler to Florida. Wow. And that he couldn't afford his own stuff and he had a Jaguar that was signed for Samantha Fiddler. Yeah. So. He fucking knows. Now. Something pissed him off mm -hmm. to fucking do something. Mm -hmm. And he may not have been the one to physically do no, it. No, but he, he, he orchestrated it. He knows. I, I have no doubt mm -hmm. in my mind. And here's the thing. Just because she, so she was bonded out, you know, she left the, the jail the morning of the 19th. That doesn't necessarily mean she died that day. Right. He was very good at holding people hostage. Clearly. Yeah. He has proven that. Yeah. So that doesn't mean that she died that day. So he could have been wrestling in a match that night and gone home the next morning and fucking killed her. Right. right. So you, you just, you don't know. But with her changing her appearance, you don't do that. And just, it's drastic. You, you don't do that just to do it mm -hmm. you're doing it for a reason and it's speculated that she was going to get her id to try and get back into canada because yeah. she was running from somebody right she went from like dark long long hair like to her ass lips makeup full face and makeup the whole kit and caboodle to a blonde bob with like no makeup on yeah completely different you couldn't tell you're like, running from something you don't look like the same person yeah so now the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, which 
just from the cases we've done. Um, not a big fan. Not not a big fan at all. Um, they have finally opened a case. Really? There is a case open. Okay. They say they're getting information a little at a time. They've identified some more individuals that they need to speak to. Their witness list has gotten broader. But at this point in time, um, they don't know where she's at. So the one thing that they do say is uh, they're certain, which I don't know how, that he was in Canada while she was still in Florida. Which he, we, I mean, he went back for his pretrial hearing. We know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there's literally nothing. Nothing. That's insane. There's nothing. That's insane. She's gone. And he's living in Texas. Not with Machiko. Mr. Money lives with Machiko. Dude, he fucking he knows. knows. He knows. He has to know. He has to. Mm-hmm. Just just his mannerisms and how defensive he gets when it's brought up. And I don't know what happened to her. And he, he goes from, I, I don't know what happened and I hope she's okay, to I don't give a fuck about her. She did this to herself. Says that multiple times. Dude. She's the cause of this. She did this to herself. Stop blaming me. Stop dragging my name into it because she did this to her fucking self. I want to know what drugs he's on, too. It's it's not just pot. It's not just pot. Mm-mm. I mean, Mm-mm. this dude is a fucking nut. So, yeah, he has upcoming court dates from his multiple fucking arrests because he's an idiot. Um, And... We haven't seen her, seen or heard from her. God, that's insane. Yeah. and But there's no more leads or anything there's, that there's they've... There's nothing. Nothing. In Florida, there's so many fucking places. Gators and... The fucking gators, man. Yeah. All they know is that she appeared scared at the hospital and didn't want to leave. She changed her appearance drastically and was arrested, obviously, that day. And... And if, if you're, dude, if you're that hard on at the hospital to get help, that you don't leave. Shame on whoever was there. First of all, yeah, shame on you people for fucking arresting her and not giving her help. But like, dude, she's running from someone. Exactly. Exactly. And she, I mean, she went down there with the hopes and dreams that she was going to be a wrestler and within months he had fucking completely abandoned her taken her means of transportation her money everything and that was it she's gone unfucking real so that's where it stands now um the documentary was released on november 22nd of this year and if you have not seen it Please yeah. watch it because it will blow your yeah. mind. And this is what really brought her case out because, you know, he he filmed him for, for 10 years with the intention of getting a reality TV show. And, and like in the 10 years, if you're Teddy Hart, wouldn't you be like, hmm, maybe it's not fucking going to happen. Right. He didn't care. <laughs> he did not. Care. He, he just wanted the spotlight. And he constantly talked about like filming the show and filming the show. I mean, for 10 years, filming the show. Like, dude, mm-hmm. 10 years have passed. I don't think it's working out, bro. Nope. But don't think it's going through. They ended up, Frederick ended up turning this documentary into a, a documentary about Samantha. Good. And where the fuck is she? Good. So that's where uh, that's where we're at. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't watched, watched the special, it's on 
Peacock. It's mm-hmm. called Dangerous Breeds um, with Teddy Hart. Just check it out because it will, even if you're not a wrestling fan, it, it just, this guy is just so fucking bonkers. It's, it's crazy. It's insane. And you have to watch his reactions when Samantha Fiddler is brought up. Like. You know he's a liar. Yeah. You know he's a fucking liar. Yeah. About everything. Everything. Yeah. He lies about everything, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. Like, dude, I get he went through a lot as a young man, and that had to have played a part. Same, dude. Same. Yeah. That had to have played a part. But, dude, we all go through stuff. And I'm not breeding cats on my fucking kitchen no. floor. No. Oh and if you're that off the wall and, and you got to realize you need some kind of help, you know, and, and he even admits that he needed rehab and yeah, shit like that. So for, he would say for pot and the things that he said about jail and rehab like are repulsive to the point. I did not want to include them in here and did not want to repeat them. Really? That bad. So do I think there's a little bit of a mental health issue there? I think possibly, but I think it's more drug-induced, and okay. I think he's just a fucking asshole. Yeah. I think he's an asshole. That, I mean, that's what I got from it, yeah. is that he's just a complete asshole, and I think, a big fucking yeah. drug user, yep. and it's a big fucking asshole. Drug-induced psychosis, liar. maybe, but yeah, the things that he said about jail and rehab, no. You're just... You're, you're and some of the shit he says, like in the home videos, like so he's off the fucking yeah. wall. Yep. 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 So, yeah, it, it's crazy. But so it's man, I, I hope there's closure, but I really I don't, don't think there's going to be. I don't think there ever will be for no. this, which is sad. It's very sad. Because her girls are never going to know. Right. Right. And her sister seems so sweet. Oh, God. And, yeah. You know. So when she got to watch the video of her, yeah, oh, she's like, I haven't heard her voice in in four years. Yeah, heartbreaking. Yeah. Mm. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, our next episode will be a Patreon exclusive. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be a good one. I think so. I think so too. I like to think so. Yeah. I can't remember her name. So, uh, yeah, we'll post it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'd like to hear your thoughts. So um, hit us up on social media. We love getting your messages. Please give us that five-star liking on whatever platform that you listen listen to us on. And uh, that's about it. Yep, everybody's fucking moaning. Yeah, every, the dog's moaning, Jax is moaning. moaning, he just woke up. So, yeah, that's a sign we gotta end it. Yeah. So, alright guys, thank you for listening, and we will be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye.